You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. So, Sid Talk, we're back. Uh, we took an impromptu break last week. It wasn't intentional. We were supposed to be here, but then we, we weren't. I think we'll probably talk about that later. Talk about the film first, then talk Aye. about it later, because there's more to it. I agree. Fits here. So, let's what get... What was our before the show, after the show discussion? Uh, PHP... Uh, oh. not, not PHP. SQL database. A little bit. We were looking at that. Well, just me learning the very, very basics. It's very interesting. And I know the people who do it every day for a living do not agree. But I think learning something new is like... I always like tinkering with web things. Yeah. That's why I like doing It's just like, wow, I can type this weird thing here. Dollar sign, space, bracket, blah, blah, blah. Go over here and boom, I've just made a thing that taps into a database that I've also created where I can, I can, you know, you have your little DVD, little, I'm not trying to be dismissive, but you have a little software that someone's made. DVD profile. Right. That you keep track of all of your DVD collection. Now that is all in the background of that is all of this. And I think that means you can make, once you figure it out, you can make, I can make a recipe database that I want, anything I want. Because I've looked for recipe databases where you can... Now, this sounds more complicated. I'm at zero level of understanding at this point. But, I mean, it all builds on that, on what you're, the little basics that you know, it builds on that. So, I've always wanted a recipe database where you can say, this is what I have, what can I make with it, and then have suggestions. You know, I know there's some stuff out there like that, but they're all super, like, over fancy, or they're online, or... Also, like, just keeping track of stuff like my class reunion information from people. I mean, I love Excel spreadsheets, too. So this may be a sickness that I have because I love I love database stuff and data. And as you can see, you're looking straight at another Excel spreadsheet that I keep track of every week. You need a T-shirt that says, I love data. <laughs> oh, I do love data. <laughs> but he's a whole different story. Get it? Yes. Data. I do love data, too. See? <gasps> There's something wrong with me. <laughs> But that's what we're, I was showing you before, my very, very basic, what I've created so far. Like, nothing, hardly. Some fields that you fill in and hit a submit button, it adds it to the database and makes a tiny little blank, plain table. And I just feel excited that it's something whole brand new. And it can apply to things at work if I kind of squeeze it in. It's not part of my job, but I can kind of I can figure out a project where I can put it to use, so... So that's um, programming talk for the week. If I only liked exercising as much as I like this. Now, another weird thing is I ran a couple times this week. How long do you think I ran for? One minute. Exactly. And then the next day? One minute. minute. One minute and a half. (laughs) Well, there you go. You could do 70 minutes. You could work your way up. In 70 days, you could be running 70 minutes. I don't think I go up that fast that far, but I didn't hate it. How fast were you running? Uh, Level three. So I was just... Three mile an hour. Is, the three, is that what three is on there? Yeah. So I'm kind of like jog running. Not I just start off, just turn it up and then go. And then it just was like, okay, that was one minute and I'm done. Some people out there have wives who run a lot further than that every single day. But it's baby steps, right? True. So it is Saturday, August the 2nd. August already. And this is after the show number 337, the movie we're going to look at this week, because this is a podcast about movies, not about running and SQL tables at all. (laughs) 
Um, the movie we're looking at this week is Need for Speed. It's a 2014 movie. It'll be released on Blu-ray this coming Tuesday, the 5th of August. It's a PG-13 from our friends at Disney and Touchstone. And Sid Talk, give us the synopsis of Need for Speed. Let me just... Pre- I think you should. All right, I'll preface this. It's, um, it's Need for Speed is a movie based on a video game by EA. And it's a long, long-running series of video games going back to the 90s, early 90s. And this is a movie interpretation of the games. It's not necessarily a story that you know See, from See what you did games. there. You didn't even have to talk about the story at all. It's just, it was a video game and now it's a movie. Right. That's the synopsis. Exactly. <laughs> it's about driving yeah. fast cars. It's about need for speed. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a racing movie. Um, and it's actually... I. I, I it was interesting for me when you see all the production companies at the beginning to actually see EA as one of the production <laughs> companies. I've never seen that before. I don't think they've been involved in any also of Also Steven Spielberg, which you would think has nothing to sure. do with it, but he did. He gave him some money. Um, so, Sidto, what did you think of Need for Speed? Well, it's well made. I'll give it that. Looks great. I find it, to me... There's pieces of it that I really loved. And I... Okay, let's start this by saying... I don't like racing. I don't like driving movies. I don't like big, huge, long action sequences of fighting or driving. So there you go. That's gonna eliminate part of my enthusiasm. And I try. I was like, you know, some some movies I uh, take me over the hump. And I'm like, that was awesome race. That was awesome car chase. This one did not. Most of the time. But... And the story just absolutely, to me, super boring. Like, unfortunately, they have to mix in there the love and the revenge and the vendetta and the bad guy and the good guy. And it's exactly the same story as, like, every other, you know, somebody's losing their property and they got to have the money to save the, it's fast, the garage. It's Fast and the Furious. The it's not just Fast and the Furious. the same story. And they're not the first ones to invent that, though. It's been, it's 60, gone to 60 seconds. Like, everybody has... got to save the farm. I mean, we're going all the way back. I think Oklahoma is about saving the farm. You know what I mean? Like, so that's the story. And then there's the revenge. And then there's the bad guy who's full of shit. And the the lost love interest. And I think that I am... I think sometimes I've lost some of my... I don't have a lot of drama in me. You know, for life things. I can imagine watching this movie as, like, an 18-year-old and, and being like, yeah, you know, like, fuck yeah, avenge the guy and that guy's an asshole, I want to punch him in the face, and, you know, and I have none of that. I just think, oh, you know, it's going to work out or it's not and you're probably going to win or you might not. I don't even care. Like, I don't care and that was my problem. Now, I personally have a big, long... I figure, like, you'd have the opposite reaction Well, I have a long history with the Need for Speed games, first off. So I've played all of them. Some of them have a story. Some of them don't. And portions of this movie's story are lifted directly from the game. But it's kind of a hodgepodge of all different... Yeah. ...stories in the games. It doesn't follow one of the games, for instance. But there are elements of Need for Speed The Run which is about running across the country to enter this race. That's what that, one, that one's about, which is pretty much what this one is. Yep. Um, so I have a history with the games, and I... You know what? The Need for Speed games, this is what they are. They're exactly what this movie is. Yeah. They're multi-million dollar 
high AAA budget racing games that are... You mean cars? Yeah, racing games. Oh, right. The, the game itself is... This is what the Need for Speed game series is. It's this EA high production racing game that comes out every year that's when you strip it down all the frills off it it's a mediocre game at best in the middle like in the oh really but it's dressed up with a lot of really cool stuff that only big budgets can do you know like the graphics are really cool right so that's what Need for Speed is it's this mediocre racing game with a load of spit and polish on it and I feel like that's what this movie is too it's a really mediocre story. That's it's a good al- description. It's almost like the story doesn't really matter because we want to see the cars racing. That's what this movie is. I mean, we need to get the cars racing so there's this story in the background. It's like background noise to Which me. is the same for every game. Right. Like you're saying, yeah, yeah. Because we just want to race, right? Right. The story's kind of this background noise that is just going on. So that's how I saw this movie. Now, I started to... This is quite a long movie that I've... Uh, yeah. it's uh, 2 hours and 20 minutes nearly um, and I started to watch it and I was like and the beginning part of this movie <clears throat> it's like very typical you know dude comes up there's this like small town race where they race around the small town I was like is this 2014 what town are we fucking in people it's 2014 they're at the drive-in yeah. it's awesome and it's they're an all awesome, 50s cars it's an awesome vision of, of small town America but I can assure you unless I'm missing something that world doesn't exist no I don't think so and it, Every, there but are it no, looks cool there are no fat people in that town there's no one but gorgeous people in the whole fucking movie everybody is dressed like super fashiony or quirky every car is 100% shiny except luckily they, they did do damage to the vehicles which I know is part of Need for Speed 2 right is that you show damage to your vehicles yeah and- but it was just like this hyper wouldn't it be awesome if we were back to happy days again with the drive-in theater and people outside and all that But stuff. I kind of appreciated it because what what I felt from this movie, and I know it's made by Disney and Touchstone, so it's kind of uh, vanillaized a little bit. It's not like a super violent thing or anything. It's a, it's a story anybody can enjoy yeah. in some car chases. But it's got like this innocence to it. And it kind of it's kind of like if it was a shiny car that it's been waxed with innocence. Ah! And that's how I see this movie. It, hey. it reminds me of like you know the old like American Graffiti, yep. or it that's reminds me like of a modern days. version of that. Yeah. yeah. In fact, there's a direct homage to American Graffiti in this movie, where he attaches a um, tow truck to the. Was that? That's an American Graffiti. I need to watch that again because I don't. That, <laughs> that exact scene, pretty much. So. But this movie doesn't have that kind of guts. This movie doesn't have the heart or the drama or the story or the the identification with any of the people that I think American Graffiti or even Happy Days had, as, as fluffy as it was. This one's so superficial. Yeah, but There's what I want to say there. about it is that it's, the story and stuff is kind of superficial. But what I want to get to the point here is, unlike Transcendence, which I... The last movie we watched, which I I don't ever want to see that again. Oh. I actually had loads of fun with this movie. The the entire time I was, like, smiling or laughing or, like, I love that car or I just want to hear that car some more because it sounds awesome. Or, oh, my God, there's a a helicopter picking a car up. Like, there was was things in this movie I hadn't seen before. True. Um, You know me, I'm a sucker for driving across the country. 
Yep. Like smoke. There was actually a Smoking the Bandit reference, yep. if you noticed that. <laughs> of course. Um, that one I noticed. It, it was quite clear to me that people who made this movie love car movies and love cars. And another thing I totally appreciated about this movie, they didn't use CG. Like, Fast and the Furious is by now. Could you st- tell while you were watching it? Did you feel like that was Every real? single thing I watched, I was like, I bet you there's a documentary on this disc, like a, a making of, that tells you that they didn't do CG. Because... None of it looks like CG. Cars are flying through the air and they don't look weird. They look like cars flying. And yep. that was the MO of this movie. There isn't CG. It's... If they put if a car flies through the air, a car flies through the air. Like And the really exotic cars in this movie, as we know from the extras, they're not really those exotic cars. Yeah. They're kind of mock-up. But you can't tell. Yeah. I mean, they all look like exotic cars. There's Bugatti Veyrons. There's the, the biggest, you know, four or five million dollar cars chasing each other. I haven't seen that before. They don't really do that in um, Fast and the Furious. They generally drive, like, Mustangs and stuff in that. And I know they drive a Mustang the majority of the time in this movie, but that race at the end, there's a race at the end that takes place. I'm not sure where that is exactly. California. Around the, where, the, where the lighthouse is and everything. It's an amazing stretch of road. It is... If they wanted to distill what the video game is like, that chase with the cops and the helicopters—that's what I thought exactly. It was the game. I've not watched you play much, but I've seen it a few times and heard over the over the where you get the where you hear the so and so. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, "This is the game," and everybody's getting hard on for it right now. And it was exactly. It was like, (laughs) and you were. It was like EA had a load of input there, and they were like, you know, this is what the game is. There's this illegal race around this thing. You know what? I think as, as enthusiastic as that director was, they didn't need to encourage him much. I think he was really on it yeah. to begin with. You know what I mean? I could tell that even though it's a really dopey movie, don't get me wrong, it's dopey. It's got dopey dialogue. It's very cookie-cutter Hollywood movie. It's it's very, like... I'm going to say this after you said that, and I don't mean disrespect, but it's very man-centric. It, I, I actually disagree with that. I think Ugh. it's more teenager-centric. I think it's literally, like... Well, you know when you said if you're a teenager Teenage watching boy. this you might go oh my god this is amazing yeah. look, at, look at Aaron Paul he's so cool oh, I want to be him and it's that kind of movie the like, brooding the anger yeah. the hurt the big decisions the yeah, whereas the, the Fast and the Furious I, th- I feel is aimed like older because the characters are older let me see it's aimed at men who have never grown up yeah I think that sounds right like midlife crisis yeah I think so exactly so this is like the teenage version of um, <laughs> Fast and Furious but I admired that it did it differently it didn't try to be Fast and Furious I don't think I think it tried to be its own thing and its own thing is there's this video game that's already a thing and we want to kind of emulate that a bit which they did because the story's as dopey as the video game stories are it's um it's melodrama. It's there's, melodrama with a bit a, of comedy, with a bit of yeah. You know, there's some quite. I actually there was as dopey as some of the bits are, and there's a bit where a guy gets naked, and it's completely <laughs> yeah, dopey. Yeah, but it's but funny. I was like, that's kind of funny because it's I like was unique. laughing. You know, I've not seen that in a movie before. I'm not saying that in this type of movie, and it actually makes sense. And then there's some bits that don't make sense, like where he's being chased around a circle by a cop. Like you know, like oh, we're just going to show you. We want to show the mechanic guy that the car's not steering properly. So to do that, we're going to be chased by a cop around the city. You know, I don't think chasing was the issue. It was just that just happened. But there are some really, like, where you're like, wow. Uh, but there are some awesome stunts. Um, I had a smile on my face. I enjoyed it. Um, 
I know it's dopey, but it's like a guilty pleasure type of deal for me. It's not. It's not that dopey. It's not like guilty pleasure dopey. I mean, fast I mean, I know what you. All the you Fast and the it. Furious movies, to me, in my mind, are also dopey. But see, the problem with that is they're dopey, and you don't feel like they're made for teenagers. They're made for grown-ups, and the dopiness then seems worse, right? Because you're pointing this at an intelligent grown-up adults who shouldn't be quite so like. Fuck yeah, we're gonna get revenge by stealing a bunch of shit and getting on the highway and doing big stunts, yeah! And then have this, like, overgrown sense of, like, accomplishment by stealing millions of dollars and retreating off to an island somewhere. That's not grown-up either. That's what a grown-up's... An immature grown-up's fantasy would be. Whereas this is kind of what it is, even though it's grown-up's... I mean, if he had been ten years younger, if the kid had been the main guy that kind of age... It almost would have felt more all in line for me. But having a fully grown man be in the center of it was a little... I, was, I didn't mind it, though. No, that's what I'm saying. I feel that Disney... Watching it, I feel that Disney sheen to it. Like, it's... You know, let's no not... Grit. Let's no not be grit. too controversial. Let's not yeah. have anybody shooting at each other. Or, I mean, yes, there's a bit of shooting. Yeah. But let's not have anybody getting killed or blood or anything. Let's... Mm, were you not watching? Were you not paying attention? I didn't see anybody. I, I saw cat. It was a bit smoky in the back. You didn't see anybody get killed. Killed. Yeah, I saw somebody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, that, but that's it's a yeah it's a, I'm an event. In I the mean, movie. Disney's great at dead family members, so let me. Yeah, but I mean, I, it's not the kind of movie where like. The, it's a bit smoky in the bandit. The rest of it, it's cars having spinouts, and it's it's pretty. Oh, a car spun, and another car hit it. But you you you've in your mind, you're like nobody got hurt. Not me. I'm thinking, what the fuck? There's loads of people getting killed and hurt (laughs) back there. See, I never thought that at all. It it just felt like... I mean, it's obvious people were getting very maimed and injured, but they just kept on going. So we just have different eyes. But yeah, I I definitely think if you like car movies, I think you will like it. But you have to... There's also an homage to Vanishing Point, one of my favorite car movies, and that would be... um, Never seen it. That would be Mr. Michael Keaton doing the blow-by-blow as the... Oh, is it? Yeah, Vanishing Point. The whole story of Vanishing Point, it all takes place within the car. Like the Warriors. Yeah, exactly like the Warriors. Okay. So, in Vanishing Point, you've got this guy in a car. He's got to get from A to B. And the whole story is told by a radio DJ through his radio. So, like, there's a narration over the top of it almost, which is what they were doing here with... So you had that in Warriors and in Death Race 2000. Or Death Race. Yeah. Right? There was a video... There was a... DJ voice thing, yeah. yeah, and it's this um um like a yeah like I, you don't really know where he is. He's like above the law. Something or he's that's on tying high. them all together. Yeah. yeah, so they did that here too. The Michael Keaton are... part, it's just hokey as fuck. Oh my god, it is. I couldn't. I mean, I like Michael Keaton, but it he's fits fine. this hokey. It fitted, kind but of I was story. just like, who's falling for this shit? Who has so much high? Now I can't argue with the fact that these days you can have loads of high tech gear everywhere and have video cameras everywhere you want and like flashy touch And they screens. tried to explain it didn't they? Yeah, people but, are uploading footage to me and it's like... Yeah but the inner every inner like for one thing the garage that then comes into financial question all the shit that they have no wonder they're broke they're buying huge yeah. televisions with <laughs> yeah. touch screens and swipey things and tons of cameras and all this gear and it's a garage so they have like the perfect tools no wonder they're going broke. But I'm yeah. a skeptical mind. You can't extend. pick this movie apart. Well, 
The problem is, when it's based in, like, reality, reality. Like, to me, all of the, um, what the, what's the other one? Need, not Need for Speed. Fast and Furious. There's a certain hyper-reality there, to it where it doesn't feel like reality-based. I think... It's I, based in reality, but it's not, like, real reality. I feel like, like, from five, Fast and the Furious, from five and six, like, the last two... I feel like it got way out of reality. It got crazy. All of it was not reality to me, though. It was all just hyped up a bit. And this one has a little bit of that, too, where it's like you're supposed to just buy it, that it's dude and cars and reality, the laws of physics apply and all. There's no magic or anything, but they they tuned it up just enough where you're like, that just doesn't... I think I'm not... I'm either 100% reality-based person or go full fantasy for me. I have a hard time with the middle, you know? Where you've cranked up reality a little bit just to suit your your um, urge to get a hard-on for the cars, basically. And it, this this movie, if you're into cars, this movie delivers big time. Like, I mean, the actual cars in this movie... Are you sure that real car lovers wouldn't be rolling their eyes? No, I think real car lovers would be like, I've never seen these cars in a car chase before. And, it, you know... You can see it on the cover of this Blu-ray. There's Veyrons, there's Lamborghinis, there's... The race at the end is literally... It's it's a level out of the game. It's all the luxurious cars. It's going 250 mile an hour, barreling down straights with cops coming after you. It is crazy. I, it almost... I don't know, I enjoyed it all the way through. I'm, I'm trying to think now. I'm thinking, oh, that was really awesome, that end race. But no, I actually enjoyed just driving across America and stopping along the way at the different places. And yeah. The little... They added a little bit of um, intensity to each stop. Like, you know, they stop somewhere and a cop sees them and then there's a little bit of a thing to try and get away yeah. from the cop. So I didn't find it slow or boring at any point. I just know, in the back of my mind... And dopey kept coming to mind. There's a dopey element to the whole thing, but if you can live with that, I think you'll have a lot of fun with it. So let's go on to the cast here. Aaron Paul, who's straight off Breaking Bad. This is his first movie, big movie. What was he in Breaking Bad? So people who didn't watch it. He was Jesse Pinkman, who was Walter White, who he was his cohort in uh, Meth. The meth business. He started as a teenager in high school. And yeah. And kind of grew up in this meth world. Yeah. So he's straight off, you know, the biggest TV show of all time, that they're saying. Like, like, you know, it, Not sure it rocketed that. him from nobody to, you know, Aaron Paul. And then he gets this, you know, big... That's a big statement. I don't think it's the biggest TV show of all time. But that's what they're saying. Not sure it's actually that. the most watched TV show of all time. So, but anyway, he went from nobody to... Aaron Paul, everybody knows him, right? Because, and and now, you know, how do you feel that he helms a movie? I think he's alright. I mean, he's, he shook off a bit of the Pinkman, is that his name? Jesse Pinkman? Shook off a bit of that. Not he's all still of kind it, of one note for me. Now, There's either, I'm intensely intense right now and super emotional right now or I'm really tough right now or I'm just nothing and having a laugh. There's just like no, there's not a lot of levels there yet, but I don't mind him. He kind of fits this though. Oh yeah, totally. And and I was making a comparison here to Paul Walker, God Rest His Soul. Really? God Rest His Soul? Whatever oh, you say. Whatever. R.I.P. Paul Walker. <laughs> um, yeah. 
Yeah, Paul Walker also is the, you could say, the star of the Fast and Furious franchise along with uh, Vin Diesel. And Paul Walker is also very one-note if you watch him. He's very much like this guy. There's not really much to him, but he's charming. So, like, you kind of, like, go, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I kind of like watching him, but it's not nothing mega, like, ever. And that's how I feel this guy is. He's... I've got a fondness for him because I watched all the Breaking Bad. That's the fondness. If I hadn't watched Breaking Bad, he wouldn't have... I might have said to you, "Eh, I don't know about this guy, you know? So some of that came with him, like baggage. Hmm. But I thought he was all right. But there was a moment where he had to cry because it was a super emotional moment. I didn't buy it from him at all for some reason. Very movie crying. Yeah, it was, yeah. Like, and the... And you could feel that everybody afterwards was patting him on the back like, man, that was awesome. You okay? And I, yeah. and I need to be alone kind of moment. I didn't buy that bit. Yeah. Um, so then we've got the bad guy of the piece, Dominic Cooper, who plays Dino Brewster. You know, he's really douchey, <laughs> but I think he was supposed to be, so I he kind of succeeded. Yeah. What I do you think? I won't bring up the thing about why is a douche bad, but people need to think about that. But he's definitely an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, he's a... I can assure you, a, assholes a, are way worse than a douche bad. But he's also a creep. Like, he's he's kind of... Yeah, because in the end, she had this, yeah. and no no mention of it, and that was just one more little yeah. thing to be like, But, um, you know, he was all right. Serviceable. It could have been interchanged with somebody else. Oh, absolutely. I wasn't going crazy over him. Uh, then we've got, like, um, Aaron Paul's friends in the movie. We've got, like, Scott Muscudi, who plays Benny, and Rami Malik, who plays Finn. Um, and there is cohorts, and it's like Fast and the Furious. There's a team of them, and they all work together. I liked the dude in the helicopter quite a bit. I thought he was kind of funny, but then sometimes he went a little bit too far with it. You know, I didn't like, like any of them, hardly, so... Um, I thought it was just, oh my god, so boring. You have, like, the tough guy, the goofy it's guy. It's what Fast and the Furious does. It's exactly I, I mean, it's identical. It's Fast and the Furious, though. Loads of movies do it. Loads of stories do it. That's what ensemble casts are about sometimes. And I find it really boring. I mean, the guy in the helicopter's Tyrese from Fast and the Furious. The goofy one who's, oh, why, like, why is it always back to that one? Just because it's cars? Because yeah, I'm telling I, you. I think they're trying to emulate it somewhat. is not... I mean, it's everywhere, and I always find it uninteresting. And then, Particularly when every person is like Mr. Perfect, everybody has like a very distinct style, and they're perfectly dressed, and they're perfect skin, and everything. And these guys are mechanics who work in a garage all day, but they're very, very hip and yeah. very cool. I'm not saying mechanics aren't hip and cool. I'm saying these people are like dressed by a Hollywood filmmaker uh, fashion person, and it's very painfully obvious. It's like, ugh. And then a big um, surprise for me, kind of, is Imogen Poots, who plays Julia Madden, and she's like the female um, <laughs> love interest, you would say. And at first, when she started talking, I was like, oh my god, this is. She's gonna be. I can't deal with this lit girl nope. at all. <laughs> and then, I actually really liked her. Like, there were scenes in it yep. where she was really good. Like, um, Absolutely. She was my favorite thing about the The hospital movie. scene, I really liked. Um, yep. There was a really shocking scene where, yep. got, where I didn't see that coming at all. Like the, um, and she did a really good job. She has a lot more, as we like they like to say in the business, a lot more layers to her than he does. Because you come off, she comes off as this assistant to the super rich guy. I mean, it's kind of it's yeah. kind of Hollywoody again. Absolutely, the, the, the facade and the. This is the kind of movie that I always say it's made 
as if you handed a 16-year-old who wants to make a big-budget movie all the money and all the tools to make their six, their big-budget movie, and they're like, oh, yeah. oh, 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 what do we do? We use every trick in the book, and, you know, the girls have to be super, super hot, but kind of sassy, and the guys have to be really, really tough, but kind of soft on the ends. Everything that's like a formula is there. It's like it's filmmaking it, yeah. 101 to me uh, with these big, huge stunts and stuff. And then finally, Michael Keaton plays Monarch. Um, he is this radio... Well, he's, he's actually an, a car racer who's got a bad heart. So instead of being a car racer, he's this guy who puts on this illegal road race every year and you've got to be invited to be but in it. But did you notice? Someone said, no one knows who he is. He's mysterious. But he does a video of himself. I know, yeah. I, I didn't understand that line. I think they missed up. I, I think they meant nobody knows where he is. That's what I kept thinking. But you know what? Like, you know, when every shot where he was talking, it looked to me, and it never was clear, that he was in that lighthouse. Because <laughs> yeah, it was a big of, circle, yeah. right? But then... But maybe that's just his thing. Maybe his that's just his thing. And yeah. obviously the, the illegal road race was punctuated with checkpoints that were little lighthouses. So there was this lighthouse... So somewhere he's in a lighthouse. He is, yeah. That that's his thing. Yeah. Um, but he's not expanded upon. He's literally, if you've watched The Warriors, he's the narrator of the piece... But he's disguised. It's disguising that he's a narrator, so he's a, you know, he's following the progress of. And the if race. you like Michael Keaton, if you followed him for his entire life, which I have since you know way long ago, he's got a little bit of Beetlejuice comes out in him, a little bit of Batman comes out because he gets kind of like tiny bit serious for half a second. But he's got that Michael Keaton thing back again, just a little bit. I like actually he, liked it. It was it just the, the very role. hokey and weird. Yeah. But it worked within this thing, I thought. <laughs> and I was like, you know what, ne- EA, next time you make the a new Need for Speed game, I want a race across America, and he, Monarch, <laughs> is the host for the whole thing. Ooh. Because that would make an awesome game. Because just hire Michael Keaton and get him to do the radio broadcast in the game. Voila. And have him down in the corner. Yeah, his face shows up and he's talking to you. So... Yes, do that, please. Make the Need for Speed the movie game next time and put him in. <laughs> so we're going to take a game that turned into a movie. Now we want a game made from the movie? I think it would work great in a game. Interesting. You could expand upon that character, too, the Monarch character. You, oh, yeah. could be way... The game could be about finding him, right? That's mm-hmm. where, that's your ultimate prize, is that you get to you get to find him and then you get to replace him because his heart is actually about... Oh, my God, we've just written a whole video game. Or... Another movie. I think it would work better as a game, though. <laughs> yeah, because you could do weird, weirder yeah, stuff. Yeah, you could go over the top with it. So, this is directed by Scott Waugh, and he he's actually a stuntman, and he's been a stuntman for a long time on many movies that you will know, like The Amazing Spider-Man, and um, so many to mention. I'll go and have a look at his uh, CV on IMDb. He's, but he actually directed a movie called Act of Valor, a couple of years ago, which was that movie, we didn't see it, but it was famous because it's a war movie and everybody in it were real soldiers. He didn't mm-hmm. hire actors, he hired military people. Right. So he's done an action movie and, and then he's done another action movie in Need for Speed, I guess. But yeah, he's a major stuntman, done so much stunt work. And you could tell from the extras on this Blu ray, because he's actually, you can tell he's a stuntman. I mean, yeah. it's born and bred into him. So um, I, I think he did a really good job. There's some awesome camera work and everything in this movie. I, mean, I know that's the DP, but it looks really good, this movie. 
Yep, that was one of my first yeah praises. It it's it looks expensive. It looks there's look. interesting shots when cars crash. It's not just the boring oh look a car's crashing. This car this camera inside. They they go from the inside. They go from they mount. Um, cameras on like a helicopter that's following the crashes so you see it from above there's all kinds of trickery going on Um, so whenever a car crashes you get to see and that end part the the final race when there are cars crashing and bits of cars spilling all over the road I actually when Aaron Paul and it shows you from the cockpit it feels like the game but it also feels like you want to duck out of the way yeah yeah I did I was like oh shit oh oh so I think that was, that is partially, you know, the cinematography. So there are a bunch of extras on this Blu-ray. There's, like, the making of. It's called Capturing Speed, Making an Authentic Car Movie. They kind of go into detail about we wanted to pay homage to car movies and not do CG and, you know, have a proper car movie. like cars Plus, chasing. to get the money, sold the idea to Steven Spielberg. Right. And he Steven was Spielberg was like, if you can do this in camera that's yep. because I think Steven Spielberg said I think people can tell the difference between CG and real and that is absolutely true hypocrite why didn't he use real dinosaurs then real spaceship probably, there probably was a real spaceship yeah I think so and real dinosaurs <laughs> and um, they really did go back in time to World War 2 there's another feature I called the circuses in town which I actually quite enjoyed yeah. what, what they did was they had a still photographer along the way who came along with them and the director takes you through each place that they go to filming the movie and they show you a bunch of still pictures and he narrates over the top and it was really interesting yeah. I was like this is 10 minutes long I'm probably going to be really bored if he's showing me a bunch of pictures but I the way it's it. presented it was actually pretty good um, there's an audio commentary by the director and Aaron Paul both together I know you'll be listening to that absolutely um there's also the sound of Need for Speed. They tell you how they did the sound. There's the trailer for the game, which they actually show you at the beginning during the trailers. Deleted scenes. Um, and that is it. So, yeah, there's quite a few extras on there. And they definitely go to the point of plugging the game. Unfortunately, there hasn't been a new game for a year. And there isn't going to be one this year because they're taking a break from the Need for Speed uh, franchise, EA. Because what they said was... The bringing a game out every year is like really hardcore for them and it, it's never as good as they want it to be so they wanted to give it two years this time so I'm glad about that kind of because they have yeah. been a bit mediocre recently and maybe the extra time will and now they've just added possible characters and possible yeah I don't see why helicopter guy mm. would definitely I mean be. this could turn into a movie franchise too one of your buddies who can infiltrate the police and the helicopter thing definitely something something about so in conclusion Need for Speed I expected I would think it was totally stupid and be bored out of my head seriously and I like car movies but from what I'd seen and I saw the trailer and the trailer doesn't do this movie any favours by the way no it makes it look worse by a long chalk I really enjoyed it I would watch it again actually um, I, it's that kind of you know, like I rewatch uh, Fast and the Furious movies, and every time I do, I'm kind of like, "Why am I watching this again?" But I'm actually enjoying it. It's that kind of thing, yeah. and I, don't, I can't ever put my finger on why some movies I want to watch again. Hey, you're preaching to the choir on that one. Who watches Bob's Burgers? I've seen every episode probably twenty times now, ten times. Let's say ten to be 
not too Your brain crazy. can completely shut off during this movie, but yeah. you, you still have fun. There's nothing to think about, really, at all, in fact. No. <laughs> uh, aside from, there's some cool music. There's actually a good soundtrack in this movie, too. There's some cool Pretty music. Good. There's some awesome stunts. Lot homages to movies that, if you're a card nut, you probably like, and some cool cards. See, I don't know if that's a fair statement, but I mean, I get what you're saying because they kept saying it, but I don't know that that's true. Because I love Wizard of Oz doesn't mean that every single thing that anyone ever mentions or makes about Wizard of Oz, I'm going to love. So I don't think it's fair to say car nuts will all love it. Some car people are going to look at it and go, what a load of shit. Of course that's not the real car. Of course they did this wrong. Of course a car can't do that. So, you know. Non-skeptical car nuts. No, not non-skeptical. Superficial, let's say. Yeah. But yeah, these cars do go that fast. Um... And they do drive them full speed in this movie. No, not full speed. Hence they, the need for speed. No. They said they could go only go 100 miles an hour. What I mean is, when you see them on the screen, they're going 250 miles an hour, even though they're not in real life. The movie magic it makes... Cause oh, you see right. The, yeah, yeah. People are driving Bugatti Veyrons at 250 miles an hour down a street. How fast did Jeremy Clarkson get it to go? 250. On that track? Yeah. Where do you have to go? It wasn't Jeremy, it was James May who did it. And where he can't, he had to keep going. On that like track? Where it went up. No, not on that track. Oh, I was going to say. It was, the, it was that one in Germany where it was kind of up oh, on a bank. right. You just keep going around it. But going 250 mile an hour is got to be scary. No, that'd be awesome. <sighs> I'd ride with somebody. I'd trust him. Even if, yeah, I, somebody uh, even if I were to die in that moment, I'd be like, what? Dog. It definitely must feel bizarre going that fast. Because we don't ever go I don't think fast. your brain can register it, to be honest. And Until you've done it a few times. And that's why it's intoxicating for people, the need yeah, for speed. Yeah. The need for speed. So yeah, I recommend a new... I recommend it for just to, you know... It's a great Saturday If you want to sit and watch a movie with your dude that he's going to love a lot more than you, chances are, I'm not being sexist, I'm just saying, um, go for it. It is kind of fun. And... To me, seeing the cars really crash and then finding out how they did particularly that one stunt, that is fascinating because it's like, whoa, that's problem solving. Like, it's not solving the world's problems. Like, if you put that energy into, like, solving real problems in the world, like curing diseases and housing people with no homes, that would be awesome. But instead, they figure out ways of crashing cars that have never been done before. So, thanks to Disney slash Touchstone for the Blu-ray. Uh, if you want to go and enter a contest, I've got a new one up this week. You can win a copy of... Let me get the name of this movie. I'll Follow You Down, which actually stars Gillian Anderson. So, it's, um, uh-huh. so you can actually win a copy of that on Blu-ray. Just go to aschoolie.com. Next week's Blu-ray review will be Divergent. We'll be looking at that one next week. Uh, movie recommendations. I am going with... And this is, is another movie that was made by Disney and Touchstone. Gone in 60 Seconds, the remake with Nicolas Cage and Angelina Jolie. It's another movie that is much like this movie. It's very vanilla-y glossed over. It's not... It's, it's got car chases. It's got a kind of a heist element to it. Um, but yeah, it feels like a Disney movie. It's very much in the mold of this movie. Um, I really enjoy it. It's very dated now if you watch it. Yeah, very dated. It's, it feels really of that But it's time. also this exact thing. You've got a it crew is. of ultra-perfect fucking people. All have their own little skill and weirdness. And they're on a mission to do a thing to save something or somebody. And it and it 
obviously loves old car movies because that one again well it's a remake of first off but second off they go to great Nicolas Cage is a massive car nut so they go to great painstaking things to oh this is like bullet this is they actually do a chase that's just like bullet um not just like it well right? it's in the same location because it's 20 minutes right the bullet one yeah but they they do a 10 minute version of it in the same location they're just trying you know we love mm-hmm. bullet so here's bullet that's really uh, uninspired. Shit, why not just watch Bullet? True. And you should watch Bullet. It's fantastic. <laughs> and my other one... I, I haven't seen that one either. No, it's, you You wouldn't like a 20-minute car chase, so... It depends. I mean, I like 70s movies, so, you know. And my other one, I recommend this quite a lot, and it's Vanishing Point. And this movie homages Vanishing Point quite clearly. Vanishing Point's an awesome movie. It's a 70s movie, so it, it's not like other movies. It's very... 1970s it's hard to <laughs> if you've seen the deer hunter or apocalypse now or um one flew over the cuckoo's nest even star wars there's something about 70s movies that's yeah. even though it's a car chase that lasts 90 minutes like the beginning of the exorcist and the omen there's a certain slow it's very slow but it's not slow as in uh it's slow as in it it builds you up to the story it doesn't like this one today it's just like Oh, here's the thing, and here's another thing, and now it's two it's years like later. It's like a thousand mile an hour instantly. Like, how long did it take him to fix up that car? We have no idea. You know why? Because it took five seconds yeah. to fix up a completely torn apart car. Like, literally, it's going to be a lot of work. Boom. The next thing, it's on the show floor. And I was like, whoa, how much time are we talking? That had to be a year. Yeah, it wasn't. It can't have been quick, can it? Yeah. But those movies don't do that. Hmm. I mean, there's time jumps, of course, because you can't have a live... Like an in-time movie, but there's something about them that just sort of, it get you settle in, you get comfortable with everybody, you get to know all the people, and then the drama or whatever kicks in. I like And that. don't go on Netflix and search for Vanishing Point and watch the movie that is on there, because it's a remake of Vanishing Point that was made in the 90s, and it is the biggest pile of dog shit I've ever seen. Don't watch <laughs> that movie. Watch the original. It's not on Netflix. You have to get the Blu-ray. Um... But yeah, it's a really weak impersonation of Vanishing Point that they tried to make a remake. You know, you know it, what they do. Yeah. So watch the original from the seventies. Uh, your recommendations are? Mine uh, are only to do with the young lady that we saw, and I forget her name, Imogen Poots. Imogen Poots, because she was in Twenty Eight Days Later, and V for Vendetta, both yeah. as young girls. But I mean, played young girls because she was a young girl then. But they're both totally. In my opinion, if I were to watch, if I had to choose this movie or those, of course, I would watch both of those. FIFA Vendetta is the best movie about Guy Fawkes ever made. <laughs> the best one? In my opinion. How many others are there? Not many. <laughs> <laughs> BBC made like a little... And who... Can you explain who Guy Fawkes is? He's a... It's the gunpowder pl- gun plot. It's from the... Americans don't know, but in the UK, every November the 5th, we celebrate bonfire night which the tradition come we we uh set bonfires and we let fireworks off but what happened and i can't remember the year but back in the day like 19 no it was before 19s 18 whatever the date was the gun the gunpowder plot happened this guy called guy fawkes tried to blow up the houses of parliament to kind of ruin the country and it wasn't ruining the country, though. You all have it wrong. To not ruin the country. I'm not saying he wasn't going to ruin the country. I mean, that's what is. 
That's what his task you're all, was. You're all like, you have that fluffy thing like we have about Christopher Columbus, who was an asshole. No, right? I'm saying, yeah. I'm just telling you what I know from learning at yeah, school. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The task was he was supposed to cause Bring chaos down the in government. the country. Yeah. Bring down the government yeah. so that people didn't live under the shackles of what they thought was an oppressive government. True. This is why America became America he because didn't, people he wanted to get didn't away. didn't succeed. Right. And so what did they do to him? They uh, burned him alive. Yeah. Oh, that's very democratic. <laughs> so when you tell me that story, I'm like, you celebrate this? So what we do every year is we make a fake Guy Fawkes and we burn An him alive. An effigy of yeah. a dude who all he was trying to do was basically... He was a know, terrorist. Well, he wanted the government to change. His own country. <laughs> Yeah, I don't agree or disagree with the terrorist part, but I mean, to celebrate by burning the guy, it was just... But the movie's far. awesome because it puts a funny twist, it, it puts a twist on the real Guy Fawkes thing and brings it into a different... The idea of people being blended into this sort of collective brain of being oppressed and, and controlled and... Yeah, and the the end, I, I still remember it now. Don't it's, tell them the end. I'm not telling them the end, but it sends tingles down my spine. There's a particular scene in that movie where it's done so well. It's Queen Amadella, by the way. It is um, Natalie Portman. <laughs> so yeah, that's those uh, recommendations. So games and Ace Scully stuff. Why? You can answer this. Why did we not do a podcast last week? Uh, because someone in this house, there's two of us, 50% of us still have a gallbladder. And that I am not the one with the gallbladder. I still someone else yeah. has developed gallstones. Now... You've had certain episodes over the years, like where you've had what you thought was just like bad indigestion, or you got sick to your stomach, and it kind of passed after half a day or whatever, and you just go on. We we became vegetarian over five years ago. Since then, you've lost loads of weight. You take zero medicine. You eat no animal fat, hardly. Like you drink a little bit of one percent milk and yogurt, and yet you've still got gallstones, which is usually the from a high fat cholesterol diet. So that was the reason we ended up going to the emergency room, because you were thinking you were going to die, which I understand because I've had gallstones, and you think... It's the worst pain I've ever experienced in my entire life. And you imagine, this is the, this, this thing is, I'm going to pass out, I'm going to, I don't know what it is, like, I can't, I can't live with this anymore, so... And I've, like, broke my arm, <laughs> which I hear is really painful, and, like, I was a kid at the time, no, but this, I've never had any pain like this. It's awful. It's like you can't, your brain can't get a, you, you can't compensate for it. A lot of pains you can compensate for. Yeah, you like you get I mean? a headache, you can just kind of. Yeah, my foot's hurt for a long time. Even when I had my hysterectomy and before that was like a horrible headache. And then after it, you know, you have a lot of pain. But your brain resolves it by saying, well, we know what the problem is, right? And it's going to get better. So just deal with it and get over it. When you have something like that and you don't even know what it is, it's just, and it's in your gut and it was bad. Yeah, it was pretty bad. So, we went to the... Um, I just wanted to tell this little story because it's funny. <laughs> we went to the emergency room. Was there anything funny at the emergency room? Not really. Just pretty much standard. They put me on a drip. They did an ultrasound. That's how they found I have gallstones. I had an x-ray. Yeah. <laughs> Felt really shitty. They gave me some medicine. But the medicines, what I wanted to say was what was funny. So, they gave us a prescription and... As I was reading, most people, they just give Vicodin away like sweeties nowadays. If you've got some it's pain. It's a bit of an exaggeration. If you've got but... some pain, it's the first thing they go to. So they give me Vicodin. And I have had it once before. I don't remember what for. But anyway, I am really susceptible to medicine. 
So I said to you, don't give me two Vicodin like they're saying on the bottle. Just give me half of one. So that's all I took, half of one. And I took it, what, maybe five times? Maybe more than that. But anyway... You were out of it really bad for like a day and a half. So I think you don't even realize how many you took. No, it was enough. Like, it was affecting my brain. Like, (laughs) like I didn't know whether I was awake or asleep half the time. Um... I was having these weird dreams. I wrote a couple of them down because they were so weird. There was one, this dream, and it was like it was real life. It's not a dream. It's like it's happening. There's this monkey, and it's not a man dressed as a monkey. It's an actual monkey. You said to me it was a girl, a man in a gorilla suit. No, as soon as you woke up, you said a when man I thought in a gorilla about suit. It, it was like Planet of the Apes. It was like a. There was something odd about it. It was like maybe a CG monkey. I don't know. It was chasing me. Do you mean an MG, like a mind graphics monkey, instead of a computer graphics monkey? So, imagine this, right? There's this... Mm-mm. You're in daily, day-to-day situations. You're sitting here doing the podcast. Whatever it was. And I remember some of them clearly. One of them was I was um, mowing the lawn. <clears throat> okay, so I'm mowing the lawn. It feels real, like I'm really mowing the lawn. And... I am privy to the information in the dream. I know that this monkey is around, so I'm kind of paranoid, like, oh, I'm looking, I'm looking. Your heart's racing. And I know the outcome. It's going to jump on me and pin me, not hurt me, just pin me down to the floor so I can't move and just keep pinning me down to the floor. So there's all these different scenarios occurring, that one. And then at a random, I know it's going to happen, but I don't know when. And then it happens where it scares me to death. It just keeps happening. You need to wake up and say, I'm in the the supermarket. We're we're walking around the supermarket. I see him out of the corner of my eye. He's coming at some point. Oh my God, I'm in the cornflake aisle. Here he comes and he gets (laughs) me, right? It's, we're in the car. Yeah, we're in the car. That was a weird one. We're in the car, driving. It's hot. The window's down for some reason. Your window's down, my window's down. I am totally paranoid and I keep looking at you going, why have we got the windows down? Why have we got the windows down? (laughs) And I know... And a car pulls up at the side of us and a monkey jumps in and <laughs> oh pins God. me down to the seat. And it's like you don't even know it's happening. You'll just carry on driving. I'm probably like, just deal with it. <laughs> it's just a monkey. You'll be fine. So that dream, there was that dream. And then there was this other dream. There's was a this... large lady. Don't forget the large lady. That's the next one on here. Okay. The... Let's not be more specific than I'll that. Be re- no, I'll be specific. It's a black lady. And she's about 500 pounds in weight. And she doesn't move very fast. She's very slow moving, like a zombie almost. And I know, again, I'm totally privy to what's going on. At some point, she is going to explode. (laughs) And I'm in either A, the same room as her, or very close proximity to her. I can remember being on the forecourt of a gas station and she's very close by. And I know, I'm like, I'm on my own, you're never there or anything, I'm just me. And I'm like, there's that lady, she's going to explode. And then most of the time in the dream and it's real life to me she does explode and it's kind of gross because it's guts and blood and you know like intestines flying at me it's that so I know that's happening I keep catching a glimpse of her same as the monkey so there's that one so there's those two which are similar dream I think oh yeah it's like something's coming right Uh, and then there's another one where I'm dead and I'm looking at myself from above and that's all it is. I'm just looking at myself going, oh. Are you in a grave or are you just laying there? No, I'm bed? in bed. But you know you're dead. And I know I'm dead. And I'm just looking going, oh, I'm dead now. 
Maybe you really were dead and you just kept coming back. And then there's another one which is exactly like the dead one. I'm dead in the bed, only in the bed. I'm looking at it from above, but each part of me, like my arms, my head, my hands, they when you highlight over them with a cursor, they flash. So it's a game. And you've I'm all over the bed in pieces and you've got to put it together. And I'm putting it together, like floating above putting it together. And there's always a bit missing piece and it's usually my arm. So I can't ever finish it. So And I'm like, oh, I can't do it, I can't do it. So there's that too. So they're Vicodin dreams. So I said to you... <laughs> they're really awesome. They're like, bizarre. But that's... Like, you say, how can anybody... That's horrible, horrible. And I say, because I'm the other person, I'm the one who I can take five or six of those and barely touch me in terms of pain or anything. And I do get the weirdness, but I don't dislike it. You see, there's a difference in our brain. Something's different about us, because I'm just like... I had to stop taking them. They were making me way too anxious. I couldn't... You just dealt with the pain. Yeah, and then there was one more thing. When I closed my eyes, you know those things where you push your face into them and they're like pins? What is that called? No, no. You see it in the Sharper Image catalogue. Yeah. You put your face on it and a load of pins stick and then it shows you an imprint of your face. When I closed my eyes, there was that, but it was all different kinds of shapes. And they... It was like looking at like a video game from above, but nothing was textured. It was just all like pins. But then it would I would be floating above like it. Like an ocean of them, kind of undulating or something? Yeah, and it would be really colourful, like all different colours. Even though when you close your eyes, it's usually black. This wasn't. It was like white, grey, and it would fade and all different colours would happen. And then I would open my eyes. I don't know if I was really opening my eyes or I was opening my eyes in a dream or what. I don't know. And that thing was still there. My vision wasn't there anymore, just that. So I was awake, like I'm looking at you now, but I only see that. And it frightened me to death because I'm like, have I lost my eyes? You eyesight? did say Blabby. that you saw another person a couple times. Yeah. That you're seeing another person over there. And I was like, there's no other person I over saw there. somebody flashing like, 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 I was watching TV. That was it. And, and you I saw put, another person. Another person just appeared and then disappeared. And I was like, oh, that's like an optical illusion or something. My vision's going funny. So I, I got off. Because see, the thing is, some people would be like, I'm not taking half anymore. I'm taking three. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a different. There's this one or the other. I can't bear it at all. I, I don't like not having control of my mind. Like, and that's what I feel like. Yeah, I'm- that might be the thing though, because I don't mind that losing control of your brain a little bit. But yeah, it was. I was but in so much pain. I had to have them. But as soon as I knew that I'd, my pain was dying, I was like, no, don't give me that again. I don't want it. I haven't had it since, and I really don't want it. Like, I don't. You're going to have to have your gallbladder out soon enough, and then you might... I mean, some people say it's nothing, except for the, af- the day after or whatever, but, um, you know, you just have to tough it. I mean, the pain will go away. That's the thing about surgery. It sucks in the moment, and you, your your body is like, somebody just stabbed me. I mean, that your body doesn't know that a surgeon came with all the right things and took out something that's bad. Your body says, you just got... Your skin just got punctured, and we're going to keep you... In serious pain and out of commission long enough for us to heal you up, if we can. We, as if, as if the whole parts of the body are like this big committee. But, um, you know, you're going to have some pain after that. But maybe, maybe not. Yeah, so we're, I'm actually going to have surgery either this week or next week. Sometime in the next two weeks. Yeah. So. 
that's what it, what it came to. <laughs> um, the other thing is, well... So we might miss another podcast, it just depends. Yeah, we might or we might not. might fit it in. Um, might record it early or something. Um, yeah. The other thing is, while I was sick, we watched a movie called The Dirties. Um, it's... If you're if you're a fan of Kevin Smith at all, and I, I've had a lo- love affair with a him. A fan of him or of his movies? Because there's two different things there. Kevin Smith is a thing and of himself. I think more a fan of him and what makes him tick. You know? I agree. Um, so I listen to his podcast uh, sporadically. I don't listen to it like religiously like I used to. But um, he was talking about uh, there's this movie that I saw that made me want to make movies again, and I was kind of done with making movies. And it just inspired me to make movies again, so we watched it. And it's called The Dirties. And it, I think it was one of my favourite movies I've seen for a long time. I think it was really, really well made. It was really well made. And it was made by a couple of dudes. Four dudes, to be exact. Um, it's kind of the handheld kind of... What do you call that? Shaky cam type. But that didn't bother me in this movie for some reason at all. It I wasn't like shaky cam, though. There's a difference. It's more like a document... Like watching somebody on YouTube document something. Kinda. Like Chris Perillo, just following around with the camera. But the, it's about bullying. I don't want to say what it's about fully. But the layers of bullying, for sure. And I feel, feel like it handled it all really well. Like, it It wasn't... Honestly. Yeah. It handled it very honestly. It felt really realistic to me, like, and it, and it obviously isn't. It's a it's a drama, but yeah, it's not reenactment or anything. It's not based on anybody true or real or anything like that. But it is. You get the feeling, like when you watch Elephant, that there is a certain, your gut just starts saying to you. I blind myself to some shitty things in life that lead to horrible things happening, but I just have to block it out. That's kind of the feeling I get that. The way individuals treat each other. And if you've been in a school... And it's not just now. Yeah, people it's about claim, a school. People claim that just now bullying is really horrible. And it is. You have lots of ways of terrorizing a person now. Agreed. However, you know, you can watch Andy Griffith and Opie, when he was five years old, was upset because someone was bullying him. And that was 60 years ago. And before that, and before that, bullying isn't new. But the reality of how it happens and the effects that it has on people... That's why I think this movie kind of taps into a certain, like, da-da-da-da-da, we're all just going about it. Oh, I'm getting bullied a little bit. Okay, okay, whatever. Da-da-da-da-da, oh, there comes, they're doing it again. Okay, that's fine. I'll just get on over it. And yet, there's this undercurrent of, like, torment and anger and, like, why is the world treating me like a piece of shit? And I'm going to have to do something about it. You know what I mean? That sort of, and it taps in, it touches on mental illness. Well, a little I, bit, like in a very honest way, which I think is really good. What I think made it work really, like, well, was the two guys who played the main two parts. And they're the filmmakers who are, they actually star in it. They are really likable right from the outset. You know... There's the... You know, yeah, but there's, there's the smarmy teenager type, but... You can see kind of behind that immediately, like, they're just these type of dudes. They're sort of like a version of Ferris Bueller and his friend. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because the quiet one who's just a little more, a little more reserved and a little more inside of himself. And then there's the outgoing one who's just sort of like, da-da-da. Whereas Ferris Bueller wasn't bullied, to my knowledge. But, I mean, that was, that's the vibe you get. There's the quiet one and the extrovert and the introvert. Well, they're just... 
they just do a really good job of like I like them immediately and then it unravels slowly to whereas I'm questioning whether I like them or not yep which is, makes a really good movie because you get to a point where you're like I really want to like them still they're still kind of funny but that's what I'm talking about. We blind ourselves yeah. to things in people. That when something horrible happens and then people on the news say, well, he was a really nice boy or she was a really nice lady and the end result has been something horrible. Yeah. You get it. Like, you get it if you go through this journey with these guys and with their the people who are tormenting them. So it's called The Dirties. You can see it on video on demand only. It's not on Blu-ray or DVD. But if you go to Kevin Smith's site, there's a link to for you to watch it. It's very cheap for to free? watch. free? No, you have to pay. It's not very much, though, like $2 or something. Uh, it's part of his Kevin Smith's movie club, so he, like, recommend, like Tarantino does, you know. See, the thing about that movie versus a movie like Need for Speed is... Need for Speed is you've almost got it all handed to you. In the first three minutes, you already know everything you need to know about this movie and every character. Yeah. You know, there's the... The goofy and the revenge and the love and the this and the that. You've got it. The formula has been planted in your brain. And now you just go along to see it play out in front of you. Something like the dirties. You are, I mean, you're never sure where it's going to go. Who the, who, how this person is going to be revealed. What choices who's going to be revealed even. Yeah. There's questions of yeah, that. Like their who's... choices are questionable and yet, and you're torn as a human being about the choices they're making and that's the difference that you're now going along on this sort of like um you know those rides where you get like tunnel of love or whatever you get in and it's all black and then you come around a corner and your cart kind of shakes and then a skeleton hops out at you and you're like oh shit okay okay next that'd be a ghost train whatever (laughs) tunnel of love is the opposite to that (laughs) (laughs) but you're like you're traumatized at every certain level because it scares you and it stimulates you and then you're ready for the next thing and the next thing. And when it's over, you start thinking about like, oh, like I could go for that again, or I, I want to examine why did that why did that stupid plastic head scare me? Because it was just a stupid plastic head. But but these these dudes did an exceptional job in the acting side of it. I bought them all the time, um, and they made it over four years, like in the spare time. And it doesn't really show in the final movie. It would if you watched it again, I bet. He says, I, I, I went and listened to a um, the interview with him on Kevin Smith's podcast. They did a whole hour of talking to the nice. guy. And he said, if you look closely, <laughs> my hair is so different. That's what I thought. A I couple look older. times I noticed. Sometimes, sometimes we decided, hey, let's shoot this through a pane of glass because I think I look three years older than I did in the last shot. <laughs> so the, there's a bit of disguising stuff. But I didn't think about it while I was watching it. But afterwards, he was like, don't go back and watch it after you listen to this. <laughs> because you'll notice all of that stuff. But uh, I thought it was really good. Um, we also watched one more movie before we go there. Before you do your part. Under the Skin with Scarlett Johansson. Uh, that's another very different movie to The Dirties. A British movie. Um, not what you might expect Scarlett Johansson to be in. Um, I think it's a question mark, isn't it? It's a really interesting movie. Uh, it's not for everybody, I wouldn't say, because of its format. The way it's a little it... unsettling, and you don't even know why. No, because things are happening in front of you, but you're not clear. It's a little avant-garde at times, which I like. I. It's a little, you know what I mean. Like, it's a little Stanley Kubrick, to be honest. I was thinking Salvador Dali. See, I was thinking Stanley Visually, Kubrick. Visually, I mean, like um, 
Yeah. Like a bit abstract. You're delving into a mind, but then you're not. Yeah. It's, like, you're supposed to be convinced that that's really what's happening. And you're like, but that does not make sense to my so brain. It's, so it's not like Need for Speed. It's like... <laughs> no. It's extreme and like an art house movie. But, Absolutely. But also a bit, a, a bit more than that. You like. could see it turned into a formulaic... Big Hollywood flick. Yeah. Or big British flick, you know what I mean? What's it called? In, what's the equivalent of Hollywood in England? <laughs> there isn't one, I don't think. Because we have Bollywood and Hollywood, right? And I think, I think like, Russia has their own thing as well. I don't know what's called. I don't think they call it anything, a British film. They just call them British films. I don't... <laughs> there is no, like... But yeah, this is... A, it's literally it's a British film. Very little dialogue. Really small, yeah. tiny amount of dialogue. Um, you have to just... But very just, effective. Reminds you of a little bit of 70s vibe, but not a little bit. Maybe more 80s and 70s mixed together. There's a shot in it that I will never forget. And it was worth watching for that shot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it was... you totally don't expect no. that. And I... I, I also, can, like, the... I can see it in my mind. Like, it's weird. That. When it... Yeah. You know, that, too, was kind of cool. Yeah, it's very... You won't but forget. You it. wouldn't recommend it to most people. You no. can recommend it to anybody you want, but most people are going to. It, like, it isn't what <laughs> you might expect. It's more than that. What, what, would, what would you expect? Like you wouldn't expect anything. Like Scarlett Johansson's in like the new movie Lucy. That's a Luc Besson film. Um, there's trailers of it online now that you'll see. It's in the cinemas now. It's a straight up action movie. You know, it's like um, Hollywood big special effects. I don't know action. if it's fair to say that you don't expect things. This one from isn't people. that. Steven Spielberg, you had no idea he gave money to Need for Speed, did you? But, I mean, it's not weird or anything. It just is what it is. And, you know, Hanson, she's done all kinds of artsy movies, I think, in the past. We just, she just happens to be both. Yeah, this one's pretty daring for an actress. This yeah. is pretty, there's some daring shit in it. There's also... I think overall. Yeah. You know. So that's... But why not? Why don't they make, why don't people like that do more... I mean, that position. I don't know. And I wish they would. Because it says a lot more about you I think as it can harm you or make you look awesome. It can do either of those things. Was it her or who was in the kids? That was a Chloe Savannah. Chloe Savannah. Then she did the one with the six hours of whatever in the blowjob, right? That was her. Yeah, that guy. So that was, a, that was one of those. The brown bunny. Is that what? <laughs> you know a lot about that, I guess. Yeah, that guy is crazy who made that. He's actually an insane person. Yeah, Vincent Gallo, is he called? Yeah, he's freaking... I've watched interviews with him. He is fucking mental. Did he make Human Centipede? That guy's... That guy's pretty cool. I follow him on Twitter. Tom Six. He's pretty funny. He's pretty funny. Oh, but he's not insane just because... I think he's like insane, too. He's yeah. pretty insane, yeah. There are some insane people out there who make some What really we're trying cool... to say is, not every movie has to be like Need for Speed, and not every movie is. And not every movie needs to be the human centipede. There's... Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> but there's room for the human centipede. There's room for in, in Under the Skin. There's room for the dirties. Irreversible. Divergent coming up. Yeah, there's room for it all because, you know, to stimulate your brain with some different ideas and visual stuff, you know, don't just stick to the main... Don't just stick to the main road. The main road to me would be the highway of Need for Speed and even Bond movies are very on the highway. You know what you're going to... You don't know what to expect. The Hunger Games. Those movies. There's no challenge to you really at all. It's just 100% 
escapism and entertainment, which is fine. Marvel movies. Yes, there's a place for that. Some of them are just better than others at really filling in all the gaps for me, even making it like, well, that was a big Iron Man movie and everything. But I enjoyed it. I enjoy all of it, you know, whatever. I did watch a little bit of the Iron Man with um, the wrestler in it the other day. I didn't like it as the much. The second one. With the, with the electric stuff coming out of him. Whiplash. The car scene was fairly cool, but then I just thought he was a little bit lame because he's just little. Mickey Rock. He's just standing there in the road. There's nothing, like, massively menacing about him. I like Iron Man 2 the best, I think. Oh, the Iron Man ones. <laughs> hmm. Kind of like I really like that one. Um, so, that's my stuff for this week. Sita, what's for dinner? For dinner tonight will be Gallstone Friendly, mm, which we've also. been having. Now, we're not having Gallstones. We'll have those after they take them out. We'll cook them up and... <laughs> we'll give you some bile. And <laughs> if you if you didn't know before, you now know how the gallbladder works, right? Yeah, we've been heard explained it. it. We've explained. He's been explained to us. We've looked it up. We've figured. I mean, I've had gallstones in the past. Most too, people so. have no idea what it is. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine emailed me. Said, "Are you all right?" And I said, "Yeah, but I have to eat a no fat diet at the moment." And he said, "Why?" I said, "Well, because of the gallstones." And he said, "What is the gallbladder?" And then I told him, "He's like, I have no idea." Yeah, nobody. Most people. Don't. <laughs> And the fact that you can just take it out seems like you can just plug and play, right? Like it's like a USB drive on your computer. You just unplug it and everything's fine. I don't think it's that easy. Well, don't you wish. <laughs> kind of. They just dig in there and pluck it out. So tonight, the we've been doing... Well, we, in quotation marks. I've been having some fat because I don't know that I can go cold turkey on this. Literally. Cold fat. Um, but I've been cooking like potatoes. Just boil them. This is the recipe portion of the show. Boil them some potatoes till they're almost cooked. Take in a bunch of mushrooms, put them in a pan with no oil or anything, just water, and let them boil for a while. With a tiny bit of vegetable broth, I get the, like, goopy stuff that's, like, intense, like, vegetable paste. You put that in there. A little bit of wine, like, literally two or three tablespoons is all, because I think mushrooms need a little bit of something to... You can put anything in there if you want, or don't put it in there at all. Let that cook... And then after a while, it gets kind of thicker and boiled down. Then you put the potatoes in there. It's And that's with no fat added at all. No oil, no butter, no nothing. And it's been amazing. And the... What did I cook last night? We have leftovers. A squash, like a zucchini. And a Morningstar burger. Yeah, Morningstar burger, which we read about it. And it's got- Yeah, the problem with the gallbladder is the liver squirts out the bile... Or the what's the, the gallbladder? The gallbladder is supposed to spit out a little bile. bit of bile every time you eat some fat or food in general. But then some things are really hard to digest, and the fat is the hardest thing in the gallbladder. Sorry, helps. Yeah. So when your gallbladder has to work extra hard to help digest all the fats, particularly animal fats, that's when if you have any gallstones, it's really painful because it's like if you think if you took a sharp rock and started rubbing it on your arm. For like hours and hours, right? It's going to get red and raw and sore. And that's what's happening inside your gallbladder. It's squeeze—it's a muscle. So it's squeezing and squeezing. So that is why we're trying to cut out all the fat. So the normal food you're eating, pretty it sounds bland, but it's been amazing. Like the zucchini, I just cooked it in the microwave. I actually didn't eat for about three days. No, you, not, no, it wasn't three days. You had thrown up so much that from one Sunday to the next, you had barely eaten food. Like for a whole week, you I've lost, lost 10, ten pounds. I've lost ten pounds in the whole space, and you can't afford it. You only start at one seventy-five, right? <laughs> so, I mean, that's like my leg weighs one hundred seventy-five pounds. I think <laughs> I'm trying to put it. I'm trying to like eat a little bit more and put it back on. 
But with no fat, it's really hard. It's not happening there. It's hard to find. Like, I was looking for all kinds of higher calorie protein drinks and stuff because I thought, well, even through having the gallbladder out, you're going to need something. But everything that's high calorie and high protein is loaded with milk fats and, and animal fats. And so it's a hard balance. We're just kind of filling you up with sugar and <laughs> lots of Gatorade. Bananas are good. Banana. And then this stuff. I mean, the mushrooms have been amazing. And all kinds of vegetables. I just cook them and we eat them with no added... In fact, you should mention this now. Because this has been an awesome thing during my illness. Nature Box. Oh, yeah. Nature Box has been really good. So, and I I heard it on... Um, we're not affiliated with them. No, no, no. There was, there's like, um, what's it called? The Thinking Atheist. I listen to his podcast every week. And one of his sponsors one week was Nature Box. And he just said, you know, if you want to give it a try, if you order one box, you get 50% off. And I always think the 20 to $25 for these boxes that you get full of stuff is too high. But I thought for 10 bucks, and if it's all healthy stuff. It's a subscription box. Yeah, normally it is. But I was just buying the one box. So for 10 bucks. You got like five bags of all healthy, low, super low fat. Snack. Yeah, snacky stuff. So that has helped you. Because you know what I miss a lot when I have to go on some kind of restrictive thing is crunch. Because I'm a crunch person. I'm a volume. I like lots of volume and like crunchy stuff. This I'd like flaxseed. Corn chips. Chips. And rice sticks. Which the rice sticks are amazing. That was your favorite thing, I think. Yeah, there's some veggie chips. flax. That are literally slices of beets and squash that have been dried and barely salted, There's and they're some amazing. Granola, which I keep meaning to have some for my breakfast, and there is some. It was French toast flavored. It tastes really good. I tried a few pieces. The salted caramel pretzel balls are so good. Yeah, those too. So yeah, it was. It's like a box, and you don't. You didn't choose what you got. You just mm-hmm. randomly. I mean, I told them what type. Like I didn't. I wanted vegetarian or vegan, and. That was about it, really. But um, I've just been dipping into that box here and there, and it helped me a lot. Because, like, I didn't really feel like eating anything, but, like, salty little salty things seemed good. Because after you read about gallstones that... And I know from my experience, because I was sick with it for, like, nine months. And I stopped eating all kinds of... uh, Like, everything. Except I was in college. I ended up eating just, like... I would make jello, but then drink it. I didn't even want it to get hard. And I would eat some popcorn because I felt like I had to be... It was just awful. It's all I ate for, like, months. And I thought I was going insane with it. So you just, you know, lost loads of weight. Same thing. So the terrifying thing is, between now and when you have it out, will I eat Will you eat the wrong thing? Will you eat just one too many bites of something or something with cholesterol in it, which is hard for us because we don't eat meat. But eggs have cholesterol... No, we're so, doing pretty good. Yeah, um, you haven't the, had episodes. The other thing, the other side effect of having this is I feel tired all the time. I want to sleep for 10 hours, like now. We did last night, and that was totally shocking. I don't know why you did. I don't either. I and I just, totally slept solid. And I did too. But um, I just want to sleep. Like, I, I, like I, if I got in bed now, I would stay asleep until the morning. That's how it feels. Well, also, you haven't been running, and you have not been drinking. Usually, you would drink four or five cups of tea a day. Let's say four, five is the most you ever, ever, ever would have, but four is normal. One, and then, you know, a couple in the afternoon and evening. You've had none of that, hardly. Like, for six, seven days, you had no tea, no caffeine, no sugar, hardly, except for what we were putting in Gatorade and stuff. No running every day. So, that's a whole different thing for your body, so. So, finally... Enough about your body. What's your advice before we leave? 
Learn something new. Learn something that you didn't think you could learn how to do. I mean, just anything. If you think you can't paint, I have a friend who's always said that there's no way she could ever, ever, ever paint or draw. And now she goes to this place in town where it's called the Twisted Canvas. And you go as a group and they have a lady who shows you how to do a painting. Everybody does the same painting. They all turn out a little different. But she's loving it. And she just never thought she would ever, ever, ever. I'm learning this SQL thingy, which is... I feel like it's beyond my understanding like, I look at other people who do it, and there are people at work, and that's their whole job, is SQL and MySQL, and that's all they do, and database people. We have different groups for it, even. Whole groups of people who do the database. Whole groups of people just for MySQL servers. And I think, well, there's no way. There's no way I could even learn nothing about that. Anything about that. And I'm learning the tiniest bit. I will never be proficient at it or anything, and that's fine, but it's stimulating so I say, figure out something that you didn't think you could learn and do it. And uh, finally, I want to remind you about our websites, aschoolie.com, sibtar.com. You can catch us on Twitter and Facebook. You can catch this podcast <laughs> on the Zoom Music Store. The How can iTunes, you not have that memorized by the now? The iTunes Music Store. You get store, this weird look on your face just because my screen went off. Or you can email feedback to aschoolie.com. In fact, the best way to subscribe to the podcast is go to aschoolie.com, click on the word podcast. It's every single option there. And don't email Sid Talk, she doesn't want to. And stay classy, Mr. Jesse Pinkman. Really? And I'm going to say think for yourselves or you will have someone do it for you.